What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, I was thinking, and I was wondering, what is the most unbreakable record in the major leagues? And I think I kind of touched on it a few months ago when I talked about Ricky Henderson. His stolen base record is pretty ridiculous. I don't think that's ever going to be broken again. However, it does make you think and wonder what other records are up there. I think one that people don't talk about as much is Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive games played streak. So obviously there are going to be a lot of records that are um, you know carried over from a couple decades ago that just don't jive well with the way the game is played today. I think this is exactly what we can look at. This is a very good example of that. The consecutive games played streak. So Cal Ripken Jr. ended that. His streak ended at 2,632. He broke the record, which was previously held by Lou Gehrig. He played his 2,131st consecutive game in 1995, September 6th, actually. That was a game that, you know, it, it was a big deal. You know, he passed Lou Gehrig and he became, you know, the Iron Man. That was what he was known for. I mean, it's a pretty fitting nickname, all things considered. But you're likely never going to see something like that again because... I mean, managers nowadays will always give their players a scheduled day off or things like that. It's just really rare to see someone play the full season, let alone do it for, you know, the better part of two decades. I mean, if you look at 2,632 games, which is what Ripken's streak ended at, at 162 per year, that's going to take a little more than 16 years. And yeah, that's just not happening. I, I can't see someone playing every single game for... 16 years straight. So, I mean, to understand what Ripken's streak meant in 1995, you need to go back to that year and remember that it began with the lockout. And you know, you had, like, you know, pretty ugly specter of replacement players and spring training and baseball still trying to overcome the strike and the cancellation of the 1994 World Series. They needed something to celebrate. Baseball really needed something to celebrate. They needed Cal Ripken chasing down Lou Gehrig. That was uh, something like kind of a storyline that people could pay attention to throughout the season. And Ripken was 122 games shy of breaking the record when the strike hit in 1994. And then the idea of the streak ending in replacement game kind of bothered people almost as much as the replacement games being played at all. You know, people trying to make up for games that they missed in 94. The lockout ended... You know, and then when real spring training began, Cal Ripken was a little caught off guard when people began to ask about the streak. He was like, I didn't expect anything. And he was hearing the interest on the first day of spring training. That's when he was he he was aware that people were actually thinking about it. I mean, obviously he knew that he was close, but he didn't think it was as big of a deal as people were gonna make it out to be because they were just looking for a storyline that season. So the interest kept building and everything. And the Orioles PR director Suggested Cal Ripken set aside time before the first game of every series to talk to local reporters in each town and um, just kind of, you know, help building that narrative or whatever. And then the Orioles began planning for September 6th. That was the day he was slated to break the record. And, you know, the consecutive games record is a bit different because, you know, barring a rainout, everyone knew exactly what day. Cal Ripken would pass Lou Gehrig. It's not like, you know, waiting for someone to get like their 3,000th hit or whatever, or get, you know, 300 strikeout or whatever. You don't know when those records are going to be broken. 
But on the other hand, with this, you can easily just count the number of games. So that's what was being done. And if there wasn't a rain out, then it would happen on September 6th. I mean, special guests were going to be in attendance, like President Bill Clinton, Vice President Al Gore, even Joe DiMaggio. I mean, writers across the country, all these people were going to be in Baltimore, you know, for what was basically resembling an all-star game or a World Series. This was going to be Ripken Day. I mean, ESPN was going to carry the game nationally. This was just ESPN's sixth year of carrying Major League Baseball games. And the Orioles worked with Major League Baseball to make sure their 122nd game in 1995 would be a home game so that Cal Ripken could pass Lou Gehrig at home at Camden Yards. MLB cooperated. But it would be the last game of a homestand, which meant that even one rainout that wasn't made up in time could ruin the plans. Because game 123 on that year's schedule would be in Cleveland. But fortunately, the Indians were running away with their division. And the Indians actually called the Orioles and said, if you need us to move that 123rd game to Baltimore, we'll do it. Even more fortunately, the Orioles got the first 121 games in without trouble. So the record game would go off on schedule September 6th against the Angels, as long as Ripken didn't miss a game before then. Well, he hadn't missed one in 13 years. I mean, he stayed remarkably healthy. He had incredible pain tolerance. And there's always the chance of a pitch that could break a bone or he could slide to second base that, you know, a slide that could mess up his ankle or knee. That was the risk. Not necessarily him not being able to suit up, but just something happening, maybe a fractured wrist or something in the game. And that would just... That would, you know, end it. So yeah, that that was part of the part of you know the concern coming into that season, coming into September six. But fortunately, everything went went on as planned. I mean, in nineteen ninety five, the Orioles were basically a five hundred team. By August, when Rip, Ripken was still focusing on the day to day games, like actually playing each game. The Orioles were just basically focused on September 6th. They, they basically checked out of the season. And, uh, you know, half a dozen Orioles staffers heavily involved in the planning. And they came up with the idea of putting the numbers on the warehouse right behind, you know, right field. You know, 2130, which was what the record was. And, you know, they, they would change it every every single day to reflect what the streak was. And then on the day of, it would say 2130. Then, you know, obviously the next day, 2131. You know, that's that's what it was. In the actual game itself, they had it such that the mute they would play music to basically celebrate after the top of the fifth inning if the Orioles were leading, and after the bottom of the fifth if the Orioles were losing, only then was it an official game. So that was the decision that they made to change the number to 2131 then because you know in the in the official box score it becomes an official game once you've played five innings. And uh yeah, so so that's what happened, you know, after the fifth inning. The Orioles PR team started playing some music. And, I mean, yes, the Orioles were, were leading, you know. So uh, it was after after the top of the fifth. They started doing it, and the number changed. And that cemented him as, you know, the all-time consecutive games played streak leader. Um, that's a mouthful, but essentially. The Orioles didn't plan anything more dramatic than that. But once it happened, and, you know, fans started cheering, and ESPN, Chris Berman, and Buck Martinez were letting everyone listen. And, you know, it was just a special moment in Orioles history. It really is. And, you know, the game paused, essentially. And then, uh, you know, at that time, he started to take a trip around the warning track, you know, in, in like a little car. And they were like driving him around. 
And the game didn't start for 22 more minutes. No one was complaining at, at that time. I mean, they were playing the Angels. Uh, they didn't really care. They Even though they were in the middle of a pennant race that would end with losing a one-game playoff to Seattle, they didn't, they didn't care. I mean, they were watching history at that time. So it was Kyle Ripken's moment. You know what they say, 15 minutes of fame or whatever. I mean, this dude's the first battle hall of famer. But just thought I would recount that moment, recount that day, the events leading up to it. Kyle Ripken... First Battle Hall of Famer. Dude's an absolute stud. I mean, for, for those who aren't aware, he he's kind of a guy who changed the mold of what shortstops could be. Before Cal Ripken, shortstops were known to be your you know prototypical, uh, somewhat slender, uh, very athletic, but didn't hit very much. They had a good glove. Cal Ripken changed that. You know, when he came along, it was like Cal Ripken and A-Rod, these bigger shortstops who were you know tall, like 6'4". You know, Cal Ripken's 6'4". Bigger size, looking more like a prototypical third baseman, but able to play shortstop defensively and then contribute a lot with the bat. I mean, you're talking about a guy with a career OPS plus of 112, you know, that's I mean, and guy who has like, you know, on his resume, two MVPs, 19 All-Stars, two gold gloves, eight silver sluggers, you know, rookie of the year, you know, all, all that. He, he's got all the hardware, first battle Hall of Famer, so. That's Kyle Ripken Jr. It wasn't just like it was. I mean, you you don't get to. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it goes without saying, but you don't get to be the you know longest streak or whatever. You don't get to have the longest streak of games played by being a scrub. Only a Hall of Fame caliber player is gonna play twenty six hundred consecutive games. That's just the way it is. You're not gonna be some average player that that lasts in the big leagues for that long. It's just by definition the the way it goes. So, shouts out to. Cal Ripken Jr. And uh, hopefully you guys learned a little bit today. But that's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.